You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Rua Space Podcast, where we look to make space for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. I'm Phil. And I'm Erin. And we are coming to you today with a sort of reflection on a question that Erin and I have been getting a lot in different forms related to current events around the pandemic, around racial issues, justice issues. And we kind of started to realize that while the questions weren't exactly the same, a lot of the answers are the same. Yes. So the question that I've received is how do I deal with Christian silence on these issues? Because when we're talking about justice issues, those are clearly things, uh, no matter how we're interpreting them, justice matters to God's heart. And so as Christians, it needs to matter to our hearts. And I've been getting a lot of questions from people around what do I do when someone just quote unquote doesn't get it? Or we're having this conversation and they just can't hear what I'm saying. So Mm. what do we do? I'm frustrated. I'm exhausted. You know, my relationship with this person is breaking down. Um, I just don't get how they don't see it. What do I do? And I mean, these have just been flowing in. Yes, I think this is a common experience for people right now as we wrestle to make sense of these. We're also in the midst of COVID at the moment while we're recording this. And so that's adding a layer of inaccessibility where it's harder to sit with somebody and talk these issues out. I think social media is a blessing and a curse when we're trying to grow in our understanding of one another. And so one thing I wanted to start with is that we need to be very cautious not to judge somebody by their social media activity, whether they are pro-justice or anti this. And there's and there's a So this couple, is very much about the silence component. This is about the silence. Also maybe about people not getting it because yeah. I think there's this trend right now where we're saying if if you aren't posting Um, abundant amounts of racial justice things on your page or you know whatever the thing is then you're anti that and and to that I want to say you know we need to be very cautious not to judge by how someone's using social media now there are people who are making posts that are clearly um, anti an issue so that I'm not talking about that here but for example, if you were to go look at my Facebook account, which you can't because it's private and I, I don't let many people on, it's not personal, it's just how I do things, um, there's not a lot of activity on there. Which not there even, never not is. Not even personal activity. Yeah. And so if someone were to look at that, you could look at my account and say, well, why isn't she fired up with justice over these issues? What is she doing? Like, why is she just sitting and like, she's a Christian, they're supposed to be advocating, what's the deal? To which I say, you know what, friends, social media is not my platform. My arena God has placed me in is my family. I am at home. I am raising my children. And I am in the community of other mothers in the area who are also raising their children. So my advocacy over these issues and about any justice issues, it it first and foremost for me is in my arena of ministry, which is in my home. So me wrestling with these issues is a lot of time spent looking at How am I raising my children? What books am I exposing them to? What physical people are they meeting who are helping them gain different perspectives or see diversity or realize that there's different economic insights to issues, regardless of the issue? So so my form of wrestling with justice questions is a lot about how do I change our family's consumer habits so that we are benefiting... 
or we are helping people to benefit, not abusing people or causing benefits to be stripped from people, right? So, so my first caution is to say, let us not judge each other harshly because Phil's account, he's very social media, but that is his ministry platform. You well, will especially see, now you'll see a, with people Right, in well, and Noah's space is online. And yeah. so Phil is the one who manages a lot of our online content. So he has a natural way to be using that platform and he knows how to use it well. If you know, so so I that's my first caution. But I think it's true, <laughs> even for someone who um, you might say, well, they're quiet in person. And I mm-hmm. think this is where we sometimes have to remember that people have different uh, different personalities. Some people are more introverted. Some people are more extroverted. So even when it comes to not being silent. That isn't just vocal, Mm -hmm. but it is action. You may have someone who's not vocal about something, but their purchases are extremely just. They spend a lot of time with people who aren't like them. So there's a lot of ways to sort of address it. And I think our caution first is to say, be careful of looking at how someone goes about their response Mm -hmm. and then judging that Mm -hmm. as, well, they're being silent. Well, Mm -hmm. they may actually be doing even more than you, (laughs) but it may not be as vocal, especially online. So that's just sort of a first caution around the silence piece. Yes. Um, Also, I would say when it comes then to sort of all these answers coming together or all these questions coming together around similar answers. I would say one other thing that has jumped out. And again, we're not able to give all the answers here. That's no, not we're our just hope. Sharing, we're just sharing what we've yeah. come to so far. This, <laughs> There's real, room for us to grow. <laughs> yeah. This really vital component that we cannot change anybody. Yes. And I think as Christians, especially we need to hear this because I think it's both a challenge and an encouragement an encouragement because when I was a younger Christian, you know, we, our pastors all the time, how many people were getting saved? They had all these numbers. I'm like, man, well, no one's getting saved from me. And it sort of built into me the idea that it is my job to change people. And if someone doesn't change, then I'm at fault. Mm-hmm. When in reality, what I've come to realize, especially from practicing spiritual disciplines, is that I can't even change myself. <laughs> like, okay. it is only the Holy Spirit that changes me. All I can do is respond to what God is doing and, and, and as much as I can in God's grace submit more and more. But if I can't even change my own fleshly desires, mm-hmm. then I certainly can't change somebody else. So I think mm-hmm. that alleviates the pressure, but I also think in some sense it alleviates sometimes the anxiety. Because see, mm-hmm. I think sometimes online we do see someone post something else. Now we can respond in a loving way, but sometimes whether it's social media or in person, I, when I was younger, used to debate people a lot. <laughs> yes, you did. And I was good at it. But oh, you intentionally sought after it, too. I mean, yeah. listeners, just so you know, he would, like, go on forums just to find people who he could, like, whip into shape with his logical. Like, you know, it was it was what you were trained to do. Like I you said, it, your church yeah. said that's how we, I thought that that's was how my, we do things. I thought that was my job. But I realized that... When I turned people, when I turned myself and others over to God, it freed the anxiety. I think I think some of the people who have asked us this question, and this isn't in a judgmental way. This is a 
you're asking the question and it's possible you're asking it from the place I used to ask Mm. it from. And that place was, why aren't they getting it? Why aren't they changing? And then we think it's it's either our fault or we turn up the heat even more to say you need to get it. And we place the onus on ourselves to get them there and we can't. It isn't our job. It's outside of our ability. And beyond that, look at your own journey. How many of us went from A to T on an issue, right? (laughs) Or from A to X, Y, or Z? No, we didn't. We went A to B to C Mm -hmm. to D. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we want people to go from A to X because we're at X. We're not even at Z yet. We haven't gone the full way or we're at M. And we're like, well, we need to get them to where we are without realizing that our journey from A to M may have taken 5, 10, 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. And we want them just to jump there. But because of their own history, their own story, their own pastors, their own teachers, their own feelings around an issue, they can't make that jump. Mm -hmm. And we're sometimes expecting a little bit too much too fast. Mm -hmm. Well, and I... A couple things jump out to me while you're speaking about this. And the big one is the humility. And Christ warns of this and teaches about this a lot. You think about his parable of the log and the speck, right? And how often we're trying to take a speck out of someone else's eye and we miss the log in our own. And... um so I think that's one caution Christ gives us yeah. um, in these moments to have and, humility and realize that we might not be all that far. Oh, okay. Um, so we might not be all that far along in an issue as we think we are. And, <laughs> and so if we can extend that grace to each other to realize we're all trying to make sense of what's coming on. And some of these issues that are surfacing, it might be a person's first time realizing that. And I know, I know that's like shocking to some people, but... You also think, and here's where I I like to kind of step back and say, you know, there are trendy issues. There's always a trendy issue going on right now. Race is is the popular issue as we're recording. Um, If you take a step back, and I'm not saying don't get fired up about racial issues because that clearly needs attention. But if we take a step back and you look around our world, there are a lot of justice issues for us to be torn apart by. There's human trafficking. There's human rights. Um, Even the wearing a mask thing. Right, right. Um, you've got you've got health issues. We have um, poverty crises around the world. You have health, famines, financial, um, all of it. You know, you've got homeless, homelessness. You've got yeah, environmental domestic concerns, issues, domestic abuse. violence. So there are a lot of justice issues now. Now, friends, and here's where I'm going to say, um, we need to care, and Christ makes it clear that it's very important that we care. God also teaches us that it is not on one person to bear the burden of every single issue. Christ alone can do that. The rest of us, we operate as a body. And we're taught by Paul that we are the body. We can't all be the head. <laughs> um, right. We can't all be the hand. We, some of us are the wrist. Some of us are the kneecap. You know, there's, And there's a purpose for each one of us in the body of Christ. And I think part of the dialogue that we should be having as a church is... What justice issue are you fired up about? What justice? Here's the one I'm fired up about. Well, how can we support each other's justice ministries and the body of Christ continue to embrace the full spectrum of justice issues that are going on in the world? So there's that element of you're right. We can't judge. You know what Phil is fired up about most isn't actually what I'm fired up about most and vice versa. But I think God cares equally about both of our justice issues that sit on our hearts. 
And if I am supporting Phil and what he's passionate about and he supports me, then as the body of Christ, we're covering more ground because we we don't have the energy within ourselves to be fully passionate about every single thing. And I like you end up doing nothing. You actually. do well, and I like I like to step back and look, and I'm like, okay, you look at people who have made a big difference in an aspect of justice. So, like, take Jane Goodall for example. Everybody knows who Jane Goodall is. She's the chimp lady. She's advocated for the chimpanzee. She's advocated for their environment. She focused on one thing, and that has led to a huge awareness about that thing. Um, and so, you know, and. Take that, take that where you want to go. But I do think there's also that grace and compassion we need to have if we can understand that, yeah, somebody might not be, like Phil was saying, if you use level, somebody might not be to the level we are on justice, passion on an issue. What are they passionate about? Because I tell you what, it is just as important that victims of domestic violence are getting opportunities to become safe it's just as important that children are fed there's there are many issues for us to care about and we need to do it as a body of christ and that that will help alleviate that tension i think a little in fact i think sometimes you know this is something i learned early on when our church did a uh, calling all peacemakers sermon series Mm -hmm. and this was Rob Bell talking mm-hmm. about oppression and justice issues like 15 years yeah, ago. Yeah, in our Grand Rapid days. <laughs> but the church didn't have as much going on that time to actually do something with it. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a lot of the feedback they got is, you've got us all fired up, now what do we do? And they sort of then started to implement different programs you could be a part of to actually do things. Mm-hmm. But during this time, I started to learn a lot about these issues mm-hmm. and therefore I thought I was doing something mm-hmm. about them. When mm-hmm. in actuality, all I had was a lot of knowledge. And so I would encourage people along this line to recognize that just because you have a lot of knowledge about domestic violence, international uh, justice issues, racial issues, uh, health issues, local poverty, whatever, you can know a ton about it and not actually do anything about any of them. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes raising awareness is good. We need to do that. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I think sometimes we need to maybe say, what is the thing I can actually do something about? And I can still engage in conversations about those things. I can support those people. I can sort of be on the the side of love, but to actually get really involved in something and do something about it. And you'll quickly realize you don't have the time or resources to solve all of them, but you can sort of support those who do. But so that's sort of one aspect of it. But then there's this other aspect of what about those people who are on the exact opposite side where it's not even, hey, I support you. I love you. I'm with you. Um, but I can't. I mean, that's one thing the Mars Hill told us once is they said, hey, blessings and what you what he's doing, what you guys are doing. But we can't take that on. That didn't mean they didn't care. It just meant, hey, we have a focus and we'll pray for you and support you, but we can't take it on. But what about when someone is truly on the exact mm-hmm opposite end and says no there is no problem here there is no issue and this is where i think humility and grace are at the absolute foundation of all of this that again if it's in god's hands it's not in our hands but sort of you know realizing that none of us really think what we think or do what we do simply of our own power we've been taught it by someone else or by a parent, by a teacher, by a pastor, whatever, sometimes for 20 or 30 years. So when we come and show someone, hey, that's actually not right, 
they're going to have an understandable emotional negative reaction Mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. And our world today is built more and more to be siloed, where all day long you only see and hear people reinforcing that you're right and that the other side is wrong. So when we come up and say to someone, hey, actually, that is a systemic problem. Hey, when we buy this thing, it actually is contributing to to, to sex trafficking or child labor or unjust working conditions. Um, People right away, we want them to sort of see it, but they aren't always going Mm -hmm. to. And I think what we have to realize is that most likely we didn't always see it. Oh, I'm sure we didn't. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking of my own life and the number of things I've changed my view on. Things that I debated other people on many years ago and now would go back and say, I'm literally on the exact opposite end from it. Mm-hmm. And the journey was only because of God's grace. Right. And when we can sort of understand that, you know, look at the parable of the Pharisee and tax collector. The Pharisee says, thank you, God, I'm not like that tax collector. I give of all these things. Look how great I am. And the tax collector is just far away, beating his breast and saying, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Mm -hmm. Well, I love that prayer. It reminds me of the Jesus prayer, right? Right. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Because sometimes I think we want to be the Pharisee and we're like, well, why can't those people just get it like us? Where we have to sort of realize any position we've gotten to is all because of God. It is Mm -hmm. truly a gift. And that means we have no real right to judge where someone else Mm -hmm. is at because we're only where we are by God's grace. Right. And so here's, you know, I like to go practical with things. We both do. So so here's what I'd say to that. Um, One, I have found that it is much easier to have these heated conversations, uh, you know, hot topic issues is what they're often called. They tend to go a lot better when you can be face to face in person. And friends, I know with COVID that makes things so much harder. So a lot of us tensions are high because that's not even how we're predominantly operating at the moment. When possible, save these conversations for in person. Um, If somebody tries to start a heated conversation through your Facebook feed, or whatever media feed, so be it. Um, It's okay to say, when we can meet and have coffee, let's talk about this Mm -hmm. because I care and I want to hear you. That'll help take, if you're feeling stressed by the heat you're getting, it's okay to to diffuse it and say, let's table this until we can meet in person. So that's one strategy I have that I think will help a lot. It's easier to show love when you're not typing through a keyboard and then responding (laughs) with their tone of voice as you imagine it in your head. Um, The second thing I would say is when we say extend grace, have humility, we also aren't saying be a doormat, don't speak up on these things. So it is okay. I think God um, is pleased when we do advocate for things and speak up about them, even if they're uncomfortable. So we're not saying don't talk about them, don't discuss, but we're saying when you bring these up, when you share with people and they aren't immediately swayed to your side, Um, You may have to take some actual physical deep breaths and hear some stuff that you just think is absolute garbage. (laughs) Or saying really damaging things that that truly are wrong, that there's no debate about it. It truly is horrific. And we've been there. We we have gotten to have our fair share of those conversations. And all you really can do is deep breathe, extend love to that person still, and, and walk away remembering that you've shared the truth. That's what you are called to do. And God is going to use your words 
we just don't always get the privilege of seeing the fruit that is born from the work that we do. So he may use your words as a seed to start an idea in that person that won't bear fruit for decades. You know, it, it may be that in 5, 10, 15 years, that person you've talked to looks back and because you had that conversation, God is able to grow it through other people, other things that come up for that person. They may have a seed planted in them on this justice issue. And by you engaging that conversation, even if what they say hurts you or gets personal, um, that God uses it to water that seed in them and they're growing a little closer towards a justice um, a justice awareness. Unfortunately, there are no promises in the scripture that we get to see that outcome. In fact, if you look at scripture, many people in the Bible are given promises by God that your life will amount to this and they never get to see that. You think about Moses, right? right? Moses was, was told you're going to bring the people to the promised land and he did, but he never got to step over into the promised land. And so um, how can we ask for God to give us that blessing or that benefit? Um, You know, historically, (laughs) we're just, it's a blessing to get to be part of the journey. And if you can remind yourself of that, that's going to go a long ways as well. Yeah. And and just remembering that the medium is the message, Mm -hmm. that the way you share something is probably just as important as what you're sharing, Mm -hmm. that people are going to remember that. So it's easy to get condescending or angry or ad hominem arguments where you're attacking the person rather than the thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Satan is a divider. And I think our call is to say, can we stay at the table with someone in love even when we disagree? And what has really been huge for me is Jesus' statements about not judging others lest you be judged and realizing more and more that what is amazing about that is, I, I mean, again, maybe a theologian would disagree with me. I feel a little bit like God is saying, if you can give mercy and grace to everyone, you will be extended that same mercy and grace. And what I've realized in my own life is that I need it mm-hmm. because I am selfish many times. I get jealous. I get... Um, I doubt whatever, right? I get frustrated. I'm, I'm, I do things. I complain. You know, I'm not always just. You know, to live in the United States means to participate in injustice, and you can't get away from it. We can do an episode about that in the future. Yeah, but we need that <laughs> yeah. grace. And I'm just realizing that if I come at someone without being able to show them mercy and grace, even when they're truly wrong, even when what they're saying is evil and bad. If I cannot in some way offer them mercy and grace, Mm -hmm. God is saying the amount you've shown to them, you're not worthy of any more. But if we can say their position is not worthy to to have the space, but I'm going to offer that grace and continue to love them, that opens us to receive Mm -hmm. that. And I've just realized how much I need it. So I then catch myself and think, okay, I got to offer it because I have no other choice. I rely on it. And I need to offer. And that gives me peace. It removes some of that anxiety around why don't they get it? Well, I don't get it either. God must feel that way. God is in heaven saying, why don't you get it? Phil, Why you think they don't get it. Why don't you get it? And I'm like, okay, yeah, you're totally right. Right. Well, and so one other thing I want to address is we've been talking predominantly about when you're speaking with a fellow Christian who's disagreeing with you or who is... Um, silent on an issue and you want them to speak up about it or whatever. But I I think one thing I want to bring up as well is there's what we've said, I I totally stand behind, but if you're dealing with um, a collective group of Christians who are systemically denying things or who are preaching from the pulpit that this, you know, 
this justice issue, that justice issue, they don't matter, they don't relate to you or whatever. Um, I would say in those cases, personally, you might disagree with me, Phil, but I would say in those cases, um, if you're dealing with a bigger systemic change, in the case of a church, I would encourage you to find a church that you can grow in that will um, be promoting those social justice issues. Unfortunately, the, the truth is there are people out there who are leading their congregations into injustices, um, purposefully promoting um, different injustices. And so um, you don't want to be a part of those, quite frankly. And, and Jesus, I think, would support us on that. Sometimes it isn't us to change that kind of system. Um, Phil and I's experience has been you, you pretty much can't. That's going to be the work of God. But what you can do is you can get yourself plugged into a community where you can start to be a part of a bigger difference. And I would really encourage that. If you're finding yourself in that boat um, and these questions are stemming from that place, find a church where they're going to be leading you and teaching you about justice and how to participate in a helpful, wholesome, God-oriented way. And I think you can leave and do it in a loving way, in a merciful, gracious Mm -hmm. way. Um, It reminds me of Jesus when he sent his disciples out and said, if the town won't receive you, then shake the dust off your feet and Mm -hmm. you have to move on. It also reminds me of Proverbs chapter 26. And I think this applies to both churches and individuals that um, I believe it's verse four says, you know, answer a fool according to their folly, lest they continue in it. And then don't answer a fool according to their folly, lest you become like them. And so it's a directly contradictory proverb saying, well, answer them and don't answer them. And this is where it requires wisdom. Sometimes Certain topics and things may just be something that can't come up around the Thanksgiving table. Mm-hmm. You have to just say, hey, we love each other too much to continue to talk about this if you're ready someday or whatever. But we may just have to say, hey, I can't answer this foolishness anymore. Now, maybe don't say that to them. Um, <laughs> Probably don't or, say it that way or, to them. But you, in your mind, I'm saying, right, you know, absolutely. you have to know when is it going to be beneficial to respond and continue to engage, even if it's hard. And when is it actually more loving to say, it is not my place any longer to be continue to be the one um, because you also can't, like you said, be a doormat and just get beat up all the time. Mm-hmm. But one thing, I, it, I, if we're ready to conclude, you know, there's one other verse that comes to mind for me. And this is Paul in First Corinthians. He says, I didn't come with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the spirit's power. And to me, that's what all of this then comes down to is Paul says, I didn't come and try to persuade mm-hmm. people you know, I didn't post tons of articles to show you logically why I'm right. I didn't beat you down with my words. I didn't, you know, I didn't verbally uh, kung fu you into understanding. Yeah. What I did is I had a demonstration of the spirit's power. And that again is for us why at Ruas Space spiritual formation is so important because we can't demonstrate that spirit's power of our own power. Mm -hmm. It's the more we can open to the spirit's power, which is even a grace by God itself. Um, You can go listen to our St. Teresa of Avila series where we talk more about that but the whole thing is just living it that people are going to see what we do when we love people who are different when we serve when we're self-sacrificial when we do it that is so much more powerful than going on cnn or fox news and just blasting the enemy videos of people doing it seeing it happen or loving that person that you disagree with how often scripture says love your enemy well that's a demonstration of the spirit's power to forgive and to love that very person who's driving you crazy might be even more impactful for them than anything you could say to them Mm -hmm. about the issue, that we are ambassadors of reconciliation and that's something that we are invited to do. Mm -hmm. 
So friends, we hope that in some way this has blessed you, challenged you, encouraged you, opened you to what this might look like during these times of so much disagreement that how can we be ambassadors of reconciliation? Now, we do have one quick exciting announcement that we are very soon opening opening up memberships at Rua Space. Yes, so we will still continue to offer free content of podcasts and the occasional YouTube video for people. Actually, and more YouTube than occasional. And YouTube a lot of practices. You, you <laughs> yes. know, if yoga faith classes, guided prayer and meditation. Go exactly. check those out, subscribe. So there's still going to be lots of great content that's free to everybody. The blog. But what we have gotten feedback on is people are missing the live Lectio Divinas. People are wanting more from us, more yoga videos. They're wanting more of what we're having to offer. And so very shortly, we're going to be opening up membership. They are going to be very affordable as far as what we're offering and what we're going to be asking. But if that interests you, we say please make sure you are signed up for our newsletter because there will be special rates that will be lifetime long rates for people who subscribe about the membership um, and get on our wait list. Ruaspace.com, you can sign up just for our general newsletter. Yes, so there will be a wait list there and um, then we'll let you know, you'll be the first to know that the membership is starting to open up. You'll have details on exactly what's included, but we hope to see you there. We're so excited to be able to offer more for you and I think, I think that's going to be a really cool new chapter to Rua Space. Amen, friends. Well, thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time. And until then, grace and peace be with you. Mm -hmm.